Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Wednesday evening, afternoon, uh, wherever you happen to be. Live stream here in the Facebook Pros. Um, good to see uh, some of the uh, – there's been some people that we haven't seen in a while. Bill wasn't here last week because he was, like, in a hurricane. Um, so that, you know, he's excused. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> he got a whole pass. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's Tunes Bone Hey, we haven't seen him in like weeks, maybe months. I don't it's know. Been while, it's, yeah. it's been a long time since we've seen you, Tunes. So welcome back, buddy. It's uh, thank you, sir. Awesome. How are things on the African continent? It's it's good. It's good. Everything is fine. I see you a lot on social media, man. You're kind of like a social media star now. <laughs> thank you so much. He's the African influencer. He is indeed. Yes. Him and his beautiful girls. I see I know. his gorgeous <laughs> little girls on there. His girls, they are beautiful. They are, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So that's always fun. So, well, thanks for joining us. And uh, gosh, you know, I, I'm sure hey, the, the Dobmans have some, um, some harrowing stories about last week. Bill, just give us all an update. We know everybody's been concerned. You know, you've been in our prayers, of course, and everything, and uh, yeah. see that you, you're okay. Well, first thing I want to say, Chris, is thank God for this group. Uh, there's a lot of members on that group that reached out personally, and then we started a GoFundMe page for our employees, and a lot of the members in this group had stepped up quickly, and I I can't thank you all enough. I'm going to uh, create a video as this goes, and you'll know exactly where your money goes and who it's helping and how it's helping. And I think that's good because I was thinking about it myself. I've donated to Red Cross and you know United Way. And I've always said to myself, I'd really like to know where my money goes and who I'm helping. So when I know that somebody's coming in directly here, I want them to know how you are affecting people's lives. So because of this forum, Chris, you gave me an opportunity to connect with some really amazing people. And not just guys that are on here every single week. I mean, guys that we know listen to it, but don't always participate, they still reached out. On top of that, we were able to connect with Glacier Nation. Uh, they did an amazing donation. And uh, the one that blew me away was uh, Don Freeze at FHC. Um, you know, a real connection there. So I've sent them uh, with Danny and, and, and uh, Paul Donahue and everybody at FHC, a great big thank you for everything that they've done. And if you know Don Freeze, he's all about helping people in the glass industry. And I, I couldn't be more grateful. But we have an amazing industry. And I think when any of us, get into any kind of problems, all the rest of it, it's a brotherhood and everybody's stepping up to help. So I want you all to know, no matter what size donation at all, or if, even if it was just a text, I really truly appreciate it. Well, that's awesome. And, and uh, that makes me feel really good to hear that, um, that report. And if you don't mind, if uh, there's still a link up somewhere where those of us who haven't made a contribution can still do that, yeah, I'll, I'll do just it. share that. I'll do it tonight as I'm, I'm doing this. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, there is a link that I can share. Uh, One one of them, you have to be on Facebook, but there's another one that even if you're not on Facebook, you can do it. And I think that's what most people like because they don't necessarily get on Facebook all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll send it out and then I'll just post it to our group. Well, our group is Facebook, right? So I could just post it to the group anyhow. All right, I'll do that. Yeah, excellent. So where I live, I'm east. If you look at the map of Florida, Route 41 on the west coast of Florida runs up along the coast, like your US-1, I guess you would call it in California, right? Yeah. Right here, 41 goes from Tampa all the way down to Naples and then cuts across over to Miami. Come a little bit more inland, maybe two or three miles inland is the Interstate Highway 75 that connects all the way up through uh, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, through the center. Uh, So it goes up along the coast. So Route 75 is approximately three or four miles inland, more parallel with Route 41. So I live east of Route 75. So I'm about 10 miles from the shore. Um, Keith is about, as the bird flies, probably a mile and a half, but he's also on backwater and canals that come in off of the Gulf. So as the storm was approaching, I made sure that Keith and his family were going to evacuate and come to our house. So he sent Amy and the kids out and he said, look, I got a few last minute things. I'll pick them up. I'll be right behind you. Uh, By the time he picked up the stuff and left, trees had blown over and blocked his only egress out. He couldn't get out. So he had to go back home and ride out the storm in his house. Uh, Fortunately, he's got three floors. The first floor was kind of built non-inhabitable, so water could go through. But like most people, you want to utilize all the square footage. So he built like a theater room and a kitchen and stuff down there. Well, he got four feet of water. The water came right up to the kitchen countertops on the lower level. So for the last five days, oh, and he's on septic. So therefore, the water in his house was not clean at all. Um, so we were getting that pumped out. The water started to recede and it did not smell good. And we had to cut the sheetrock from four feet all the way along the lower level and then power wash everything out, then get it disinfected and dried. So he's at the point where the sheetrock's out, the insulation's out. We got two 30 yard construction dumpsters filled. Um, he's waiting for insurance to mitigate the damages to see where we stand mm-hmm. his roof soft it's got blown out and the water uh the wind started to lift the roof he could feel it it twisted a little bit you know not more than a foot but it's it's racked so that's going to have to be re-engineered to make sure he's okay so th- and he still hasn't got power back i mean they were at ground zero oh. it came decimated. Fortunately, his house wasn't built back in the 50s or 60s, so it's pretty strong structurally. But the trees around there are all big old trees, and they just blocked everything. A lot of people had vinyl siding that's ripped off and roof shutters. uh, But power, internet, they're still not seeing that. So the whole neighborhood's on generators. And the sad part about generators, as you guys know, if you're not careful with them, you can get carbon monoxide. You, you've got to get them out of the house. You've got to keep them ventilated. So try not to keep them within 15 feet of the house. Uh, fortunately, he's got it out in the back deck and he's got 
pretty good sealed windows there, so he, he's good. But I just heard today generators. Um, well, you got to keep fueling them too. Yeah, you got to keep fueling them. You got to make sure that that they cool down. You know, it's like your your lawnmower, right? You're you're running, and you shouldn't throw gas in it when the um, exhaust is so hot that it that it could start on fire. Yeah. Uh, and there were other, there were houses that, you know, the electric lines came down, hit a metal roof, started a fire. So a couple of the homes they lost because of fire, not because of the wind or the surge. It's just because of fire. So it, it's sad. I, I see search and rescue teams from all over the country here. President was here today, governor, senators, everybody were walking Fort Myers Beach, which mostly got washed out to sea. If you've seen any of those national or weather channel area views it's it's cool they uh they're very cautious about the loss of life they don't want to give numbers until it's confirmed by the medical examiner and that's only on on bodies that were found and retrieved so they still have search i ran into some guys tonight at the local grocery store they're here from new york missouri minnesota uh they're coming from all over the country. The, the electrical linemen, I've never seen it more in my life. I mean, they had them pre-staged prior to the storm. And that's the beauty of hurricanes. You kind of know they're coming. It's just a matter of where on the map they're going to hit. But you have a pretty good idea. It's not like earthquakes. You know, they just come out of nowhere and really nobody's prepared for that. So at least they were pre-staged and, and had more generators than they've ever had in the history of Florida ready to go. Uh, water and food were ready to come in. So the, uh, the uh, emergency crews are amazing. So, you know, we're almost a week. I think it was last Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday was a hit. So we're a week out right now. Mm -hmm. And there are neighborhoods that you didn't even know what happened. I mean, they're cleaned up and the houses that were built to the newer codes are, they're good but it's the older homes that are coastal that were built in the fifties and the sixties that don't have the hurricane codes. So they're decimated, absolutely decimated. Um, businesses, restaurants, bars that were all along the coast, you know, places that you would go to highlight. Matter of fact, when Billy Britt came down, I took him out to eat the dock forge. That's gone. It's just washed out to sea. There's a Hooters next to it. The funny part is they're building a, a brand new Margarita Hotel, Margaritaville Hotel. Uh, it's under construction and, and that held the storm just fine because it's all con concrete, you know, with all the new codes. So following codes is extremely important, mm -hmm. you know, both dwellings and commercial properties. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I started the GoFundMe page is we've got four employees that lost their homes completely gone. Now, when I say gone, uh, at least eight feet of water or the walls got racked to the point where they're unsalvageable. So even if the structure is standing there, it's uninhabitable. So I've got to try and find them housing. Uh, most of them are, are with friends or relatives for a short period of time, but I got to get them to a long-term apartment while they either rebuild their house or tear it down and rebuild. And, and that's the challenge we're getting. And, this pair, this place in Southwest Florida, it's not cheap. The average two-bedroom apartment's twenty-three hundred dollars a month, and that's if you can get one. 
And usually they don't accept dogs or if you have a commercial vehicle, you can't be there. So that means you have to go out east more where the restrictions aren't as, you know, the gated communities get very protective of their pristine nature. So they don't let you, you know, commercial vehicles in. They don't want you to have a, a big dog. So by, uh, if anyone has ever ordered anything from us, there's a girl that kind of coordinates everything. Her name's Libby. That was the picture of her house that she allowed us to use for the GoFundMe page. Um, oh my gosh. So I'm having a hard time getting it, but I got a source today for like a, a camper. I might be able to get a camper with a generator and let her park on the driveway of her own house while they start the rebuilding. And that way she can meet with the, uh, the insurance agents and the flood insurance guys and the bankers and all of that. So I'm going to try and see if I can get her, you know, a camper. And I've got an installer that was living in an apartment and the whole apartment complex. Uh, everybody had to evacuate, not come back. That's uninhabitable. So he's got to find a new place. Got another guy that was about a half a mile from Keith in the same basic development that had a single story. And he had to ride out the storm in his attic and he had to kick the, the roof out to get rescued. He did get rescued, so he's okay, but his house is a total loss. And then we've got people that lost their cars. I mean, Keith lost his downstairs, but in his garage, he had his car and his truck. Those are both totaled. Man. So. I never seen more cars towed out of here in my life. I mean, and boats. Oh my God. People's boats were thrown around like toys. And there are three or four streets inland. I mean, right across, they followed the surge and now they're laying between trees four blocks away from the shore. Yes. So the wind was just unbelievable. But we're out of it. We're on the other end of it and trying to clean up and I'm just trying to take care of our employees because as we all know, employees are hard to come by and when they're trained and they're, and they're dedicated and loyal and they notice stuff, it's really important to keep and they're a family. So that's kind of our none story of, in a nutshell. None of them got injured. They do, but it, it, when you get uh, hurricane insurance, your deductible is 3% of whatever your policy is. So no, let's sorry, just say... Uh, I'm sorry, injured. Injured, is anybody hurt? Oh, nobody. Hurt. Yeah. Nobody oh, okay. injured and no loss of life. So every employee is good. No, I'm, that's good. I'm, the other thing is I'm really fortunate with is that we've got so many stores and locations in Florida that our other teammates were driving down with supplies. So uh, our Tampa store that didn't get hit, I mean, the guy went to the Lowe's and Home Depot up there and just loaded up on on supplies and gas cans. And then he stopped and filled up on gas because for the first three days, you couldn't get gas because even the highways were impassable. Um, so the fuel trucks couldn't get down to any of the stores to refuel. And all the people that were running on generators needed gas to get the generators going. So for three or four days, if you didn't have good preparations, yeah, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. There's still people with no air conditioning and no lights, no internet. Uh, cell towers got blown around. So even communication was spotty. So it, it's a struggle. And, it, and you start to realize how much you depend on the internet, how much you depend on computers and electricity. And it brings me back to my old days. I was talking to our guys today. We did all this stuff years ago without computers. I mean, we had paperwork for every single job. Mm -hmm. I know it's a pain in the neck, but boy, in times like this, it really 
pans out when you can't access your Outlook calendar or you can't access your schedule to see who you're supposed to call and where your jobs are tied to. So there's a lot to learn from this, you know, whether it's a, an earthquake, a hurricane, a blizzard, fires, uh, you got to have a, a disaster plan ready and be able to execute it. And every, and then, you know, we set up a couple of emergency texts, uh, group texts for all the managers. And then we use a program called Slack, which is pretty nice where you can communicate with everybody. And within a few hours, we knew everybody was safe that had signal. So the ones that were really hit hard, they had no signal. So those are ones we were worried about, but Fortunately, we lost nobody. So that's, that's a big plus. Sure. Uh, as a company, we paid every single person. We did not make them take vacation or PTO. We just paid it. And we did it when COVID, COVID hit and it paid, came back in spades. Mm-hmm. So as a lesson yeah. to other guys here, if you have employees and you value those employees, take care of them make sure their family's taken care of. Then you'll have an employee for life. Because mm-hmm. everybody's going to think they can go out and do what you do. But when, in the, when a disaster hits and they realize the power of a company and a group of people that have got their back, it, it's really important. It's really important. So I know a lot of guys like Billy, he's growing his business and Mike and uh, Vitor, you want to be that same way. You want to grow your business. You got to keep all these things in mind. You got to Really stay connected to your team. Stay connected. Make sure that they know you've got their back. And sometimes it hurts, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it, it, you got to look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're, we ran into something today that I haven't run into in 30 years in this. Had a customer call today and says, I know I got a deposit on the door. I don't have a house left. Can I get my deposit back? Now, their glass is all made. It went through D3. We made all the glass custom, so it's not like I can reuse it somewhere. What do I do? I, am I going to say, no, you can't have your money back? This person no. just lost their house. You know? Yeah. Okay. But the other thing is, do you have a heart-to-heart talk with them and say, well, wait a minute. This is part of your insurance claim. It adds up to your deductible. We didn't use the hinges and handle. Of course, I can give you all that money back. But how about that glass? And I sit back and look at it and said, maybe that's the right thing. But if I just lost my house, the last thing I want to do is negotiate with somebody over the last couple of hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. We're going to give it back. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I made that decision, we had 10 others call. Mm-hmm. These are all people that we, you know, we've already taken their deposit, made their door ready for installation. But I think, Treating customers nope. the same way that you would treat your your you know your teammates, it'll still come back because you get one yeah. customer that gets upset, they can make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. They want to be back to yeah. the future. Yeah, they will. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be very busy down the road. Oh my God! <laughs> what I saw, most of what got destroyed was were homes that we are traditionally doing work in up and down the coast, right? And if we, if we have an 80% market share of that area, we're going to be busy for five years plus. Plus with the laminator and the autoclave now, they're going to be buying impact glass mm-hmm. and they'll probably change their rail, outside railings out to glass instead of uh, the aluminum. 
So I'm, I'm sure that we will be jam-packed with biz, business. Hey, How talk did you to do, me. Bill? I mean, your house. And... I have a relatively new home. I've only been in here two years. And it's got all, the, we're up to the new codes. I'm far enough off the coast. We did fine. You know, my boat dock got ripped off its, its pilings. It actually snapped a piling. They fixed that this morning. Uh, that was really the only damage. I have one roof shingle that I've got to get put back on. So to me, I, I consider it unscathed, really. But when I see what the other teammates go through, that's what breaks my heart. You know, especially the young people that have worked so hard to get their first house. And then, you know, they had to come up with 10 or 15% of the house deposit before they could get a mortgage. And they're still going to have that mortgage payment. And I hear from them that, Oh, the bank is going to delay their, their mortgage payment for three months. But at three months, they expect all of that three months plus the month that's due. So all right. they're doing is giving you a reprieve for three months, but they want all of it on month four. That's not really a break. No. It's only... What about your, um, your, your uh, facility? So the facility is three years old. Big metal building with a, a metal corrugated roof. That's, you know, it's pretty solid, but the wind did get to it and peeled back in a couple of spots. So the rain came in through there, saturated the insulation, and that fell down on our cutting line. So both our cutting tables were just loaded with wet insulation and rain. Um, years ago, if that happened to your cutting table, it was made of MFD and it would start bubbling the wood underneath the uh, felt. But fortunately, the two tables I had, they put some kind of a heavy duty shellac in that MFD. It didn't damage the tables at all. That's good. So, you know, we came in, did clean up, got rid of all that. And now we've got, we had the roofers there the last two days looking and evaluating it. But what we did is put tarps up inside the building so that if it does come through the roof, at least we can direct the water to a barrel, get it back outside, and the guys can use the cutting table. They can work under the tent, so to speak. And, that, and that's really the only place we had damage. Uh, the outside of the building took a beat. We have this fence that goes around the building. And it got destroyed. Got our estimate on that, 80000 bucks just for the, the fence work, wow. which I think wow. is a rip, rip off. Probably wasn't anywhere near that, but aluminum is at a commodity. They can't get it. The guy said, even if I gave him the contract to do it, it's going to be two years. So wow. we're, we're thinking of other ways of securing it. But again, in it, oh, in our South Naples store, the one down in South Naples, that had eight feet of water. That's a total washout. That's gone. No kidding. Yeah. And, that, and the storm really didn't hit Naples. It's just that it hit the coast and the surge came up. Naples is kind of a low-lying area there. It, it floods often. I probably shouldn't have gone in that location, but the wealth down near Fifth Avenue, you almost got to be there. Uh, landlord has been good. I mean, all the sheetrock is already gutted. And he owns, well, Ferguson Plumbing, which is a big plumbing supply house, is in the same building as us. They are 60,000, no, they're 40,000 feet. And then we've only got a uh, thousand square feet. And there's another thousand square feet, but he's already gutted all the sheetrock. It's already out all down to the studs. We had to throw out all our displays, all our tiled vignettes. They're gone. We pulled the glass. Furniture is, is gone. We've got insurance for that. I've got flood insurance. So we'll be okay. 
and I could afford to have those people help out in the North Naples store and work with Keith at Architectural. So no loss of jobs. Everybody's got a job, so that's good. Wow. You know, again, we have to find a place for them. So Bill, how about how about your tight. fleet of vehicles? Uh, we only lost one sales car, and that's the one that was parked at that South Naples store. That one got flooded. It's a, a Chevy Malibu. Um, you actually make money on cars right now. I, I hate to say it. When they total it out, they give you checks for more than what you paid for them. But that, that's the way it is. I mean, I traded in a ProMaster about six months ago, and I got a brand new Ford Transit, and I almost paid for it with the money that I got as a trade-in value. They're able to sell those trucks like crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the vehicle's not a worry other than I have to get another vehicle and they're hard to come by. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I can get an Equinox, which is like this small SUV. So I think that I'll, I'll do that. It's like $5,000 more than a Malibu. So we'll just get that. But that's the only vehicle we lost. And it's funny, if you, if you ever come to our shop, I'm on the same street as Amazon, just built this monster distribution center. They had four tractor trailer trucks in that lot get flipped over. Wow. Yeah, I got some pretty good video stuff they got flipped over. You it's like, what? Can't believe it. But you know, those feds, if there's no weight in it, they're like a sale, right? Mm. Yeah, really. You, you, you brought your trucks inside the, the building? Yeah, we got 22 vehicles inside the building. That was pretty good. Hold on one second. Yeah, in that closet in there, I think. What's it look like? I don't know. When I'm off, I okay. okay, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so I have got an amazing team in our warehouse. I mean, they moved on. They took their L bucks and moved them all around to get all these vehicles in. I got the sales cars in. I got all our trucks inside. Because my trucks, you know, they're transits. They, they'd be like a sale also. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, didn't lose any yeah. corporate ones, didn't lose anything on the D3 side. Awesome. So that was really good. Yeah, we were making glass uh, Monday. Today's Wednesday. Yeah, for three days, factory's been back up and running. and Hard wow. to believe, but there's still orders coming in. So it's good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's so a testament, Bill, to what you've built uh, in your disaster plan. Uh, it really is. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, you learn a lot. You go through them. Don't forget, I was up north for a while, so I did it with blizzards and snowstorms. It's not as devastating as this, but you know, it mm -hmm. you lose power. In that case, you lose <clears throat> heat heat in the winter, right? But mm -hmm. these hurricanes, the beauty of hurricanes, you got five, six days to start planning. And yeah. you know, if it blows up, okay, fine. So we wasted some time planning. But when it comes time to execute, everybody knew what they had to do. It, and that is a testament to these guys. You know, they go out and strap the dumpsters down and any loose metals, pick it up. Um, we, we used like on our autoclave to cool the autoclave down. There's a big water tower outside. It's made of fiberglass and really it only has water in it when we're cooling the autoclave. So mm -hmm. that thing would have got blown over. And I had a guy up there with those straps and he strapped it to the metal frame and cranked it down. The thing never budged. So it's thinking of those type of things. Mm. But, you know, five years ago when Wilma hit, I didn't think of that. And that would have that would have affected us. But when you go through it enough, you say, next time we'll do this, right? Next time we'll do that. So I think you have to do it enough and then you start realizing it. 
Yeah. And just like it all goes in your disaster plan uh, binder, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you keep it for the next time. That's right. Yeah. Just like setting up Slack the last time we didn't have a good communication system with all the employees. So this time we had it with all employees and it's mm -hmm. really important employees and families, even emergency numbers, backup numbers. Uh, and we get more than just cell phone numbers too. We got a cell phone number and an email address, emergency email address. So if they're on their phone and they don't have cell, lots of times they get email or go to some hotspot. I don't know if you saw in the news, Elon Musk sent down something like 1,500 of these items called Starlinks. And I don't know if you know what a Starlink is, but basically mm -hmm. it's, it's a hotspot that up to a thousand people can connect to to get internet services. So it links up to satellite internet and they donated yeah. them yeah. and they brought it down wow. for schools, uh, nursing homes, emergency services. And they put a few in public places for people that had to get email or had to communicate. She's doing the same thing in Amazonia for the far away communities too, for yes. the schools. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and he donated them. So it's pretty good. And I got to give our governor credit. Man, he had everything lined up. Everything. I mean, two days before the storm, we, you could see military lined up, ready to go. They had them staged in uh, Tallahassee, Orlando, uh, right down here in Fort Myers, where the twins have their spring training games, that whole stadium. It's all military. They've been flying Chinooks out of RSW Airport. I got a video the other day of a Schnook lifting a Hummer to get over to Sanibel Island so that they could start doing search and rescue on the island. If you've ever been here, they have this big high, well, it's a big long bridge called the Causeway that goes from Causeway. Uh, the end of Cape, well, not Cape Coral, the end of Fort Myers across uh, to Sanibel and the Causeway got ripped apart. The, the storm surge came up and just knocked the highway. So everybody on Sanibel and Capiva were we're trapped there uh, until after a storm. And the only way out was either by air or boat. Uh, couldn't drive a vehicle. So they're airlifting military vehicles and Hummers over there uh, just for emergency crews. Hey, Bill, uh, kind of joined in late, but if I wasn't on a shower job, I'd be in Florida right now. <laughs> I, got, I, I got the phone call and I'm like, well, I'm about two hours away from uh, getting back to the station. They said, well, that's, Ain't gonna make it. Oh man, so, Steve, you could have stayed here with us too. I'm so, telling you, man. You, so you've you've got an amazing brotherhood. Uh, Absolutely. The respect I have for all of the first responders and military, amazing. The stuff that they see and have to deal with. You know, you're not only are you trying to do your job, but you're dealing with these frustrated, angry people. Uh, that want to get somewhere and it's your job to protect them so they don't hurt themselves or get in the way of cleanup or emergency crews. Right. No, yeah, no, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was in Houston in uh, Hurricane Harvey for, for two weeks and, you know, along the same lines of uh, rescuing people out of their attics and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff and, and just devastating for, the, for, the, for those communities, you know. And you know what else I applaud them for is the, how they hold their patients. Like these guys are busting their hump to get somebody out of an attic and how you can hold yourself from saying, 
didn't you know that it was coming? Right. I mean, weren't you getting enough warning to get out? Mandatory evacu evacuations were not good enough for you? How you can hold that from saying it to somebody is, it's amazing. So Steve, right. are you a USAR team? What's that? Are you on a USAR urban search and rescue team? Or? Yes, I'm on the uh, Texas task force. Actually, I'm on the uh, water team side of it. Um, I know they Texas Task Force is down there with their uh, their heavy team, and then we've got some some San Antonio trucks that uh, went just to man stations and and run calls with the San Antonio uh, fire trucks. Yeah. So some of those guys running around down there. So, so now I'm going to give you. Uh, something that's kind of interesting. You talk about the power of social media and the power of the internet, right? So we created this GoFundMe as a lot of you know about. And I asked every employee to share that. So I sent it to every employee, I said, share it through your network. So they shared it and then their spouses shared it. I get a call from somebody in Fort Lauderdale that says, hey, I'm a friend of so-and-so who's the fiance to one of your employees. Well, I've been doing hurricane disaster fundraising for 20 years. I have this whole network of groups. So I got a call today from Auburn University that want to do a tailgate party on Saturday at their football game. And they want to know if there's any particular charity that I knew personally that they could send the funds to. <laughs> it, and it's unbelievable. So after this Saturday's game, we will probably be getting another donation for there. And awesome. any of these guys that clicked on later, I started this off by thanking everybody on this group that stepped up and donated or sent me a text or best wishes or just checking on us. I can't thank you enough. All of you for your financial donations. I will be creating a video of who we help, how we help them, and how your money was spent to help them. And I promise I'm taking the responsibility on myself uh -huh. so that I'll know where every single dollar goes to. It will not go to waste. Uh -huh. There's people that need food, clothing, furniture, housing, transportation. Uh, most of them are insured. So the transportation is really just covering their deductible so that they can be made whole and get a new vehicle. Uh, the rest is getting them into some kind of housing. And if they need to come up with first month's, last month's security deposit, Hopefully this fund will be able to help them and they can get their deposit back at some point. And whatever funds are left over, if there are any, we'll donate to the local children's charity, uh, Galasano Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. But I wanna make that pledge to everybody because like I said, when I donate to a major charity, I don't know where my money goes. I feel good when I donate it, but I really would like to see it benefiting somebody. Mm -hmm. So I, I pledge to all of you that have reached out, I will make sure that you know where your, your money is spent and how it's spent. Wow. Well, uh, thanks for your leadership, you know, um, and uh, it, it really makes, you know, me think about, you know, what kind of a plan do we have in place for, um, for an emergency? You know, or if there is a disaster, you know, what will we do? And, you know, we're, we're little, you know, we're little, we don't have employees, we don't have, you know, a bunch of trucks or a bunch of uh, equipment or anything like that. Thanks for your uh, But, uh, yeah, we're, we're little, you know, we're little, we don't have employees, we don't have. You know, oh, makes me, makes me wonder, you know, what, um, what would be the first steps and, 
and putting together like a disaster plan like that. Yeah, I mean, Chris, even even if you don't have employees, right? In your case, what customers are you going to call? How are you going to reschedule? You're going to call your vendors. Can you accept shipments? Where do they leave them? How do you secure your truck, your tools, your shop if you have one? Um, you know, just those simple things. And then you just start, the bigger you get, you just multiply it out, right? Mm -hmm. But those are the things that are important. I mean, we had a customer scream at our people why we didn't call them last Wednesday. And well, uh, wait a minute, we, nobody had service. I couldn't have, and I don't know if you would have been there if I did call, but he's screaming at a guy. And I said, you know what? Maybe I don't think we're the right co company for you. Yeah. And, I, and I feel really bad about it because I don't like doing that. But for him to start going off on an employee that's really trying to help, I mean, yeah. no, I, I don't tolerate that. Yeah. Sorry. yeah I'm, I'm sure the guy was probably just stressed out, you know, but you really yeah. can't take it. You can't take it out on, on other people. No, I mean, that's just it. And you would think that they had enough common sense that, you know, it's a category four hurricane, man. This is like a, what they called it a, a one in a thousand year storm. You gotta be somewhat sympathetic, somewhat. And he was in the storm too, right? You know what? I don't know. I don't know his address. I, that, that's a good question, right? I know he was in Southwest Florida, but I, I don't know. <laughs> he if was he in was, the area, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, he couldn't have been that far. <laughs> no, I mean, he was definitely, you know, somebody that were installing his door, right? Wow. But it was just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Mm. Chris, I, what I'm looking down is I'm remembering that I got to text it to you. So Maybe it was our competitor. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I can only hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I can only hope my competitor is that unsympathetic. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be good. I've had that in the past. I don't know how many of you guys have that, where your competitors try and badmouth you. That's the best thing you could have. Absolutely, I love that. That's, that's I'm the dealing best with thing that right have. now. I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah. What a compliment! You know, <laughs> that's the best thing for you because customers yeah. don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear no. you bashing somebody no. else. No. Even no. when they're bad talking your competitor, you know, it's like they'll they'll yeah. tell me, oh yeah, we called these guys and they you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Even then, you know, I try to say the best thing I can think of about them. Oh no, no, don't, these guys don't join in, you know. That's that's a trap. For sure. Yeah. yeah, but uh yeah, I think you know, you nailed it on the head when you said, you know, common sense. I mean common sense is not all that that common anymore no but and, and, um you know you got to stay level-headed too you know i look at it like yeah you can win the battle and lose the war because if that guy goes off on you like that he's also going to be the keyboard hero guy that goes on to google and starts bashing you for some stupid reason so you got to keep your head yeah yeah and i guess just you know try to imagine you know, what it would be like if uh, if something did happen. Like you say, like out here, for us, it's, you know, it'd be an earthquake, you know. Um, and we all know, like, we're way overdue for we that. Here. Um, it's, been, it's been a long time, longer than is the average, you know, since since we had a big one. So well, what would you do? I mean, what, what would, you know, what would be the first thing um, that you would do? 
And I guess for us, it would be that, you know, just contact, start contacting customers, start contacting vendors. And um, I just don't think as a, as an earthquake, you have the same kind of time preparation time because yeah. it, it just comes up. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like, like Brian, it, it have a snowstorm, you know, a blizzard's coming in and da, 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 you've got a day or two to try and, but on an earthquake, you don't have that kind of time. Same with tornado. Or tornado, you don't oh, have that yeah. kind of time. There you go. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. When we had the Loma Prieta earthquake, I was leaving my shop at a three-quarter ton pickup. And I thought somebody was bouncing up and down on the back of the thing at five o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that's how hard it hit. No warning. It just hit. Right. Right. So what kind of a disaster plan do you have on that? You know, yours is after the fact. It's hard to prepare in yeah. advance. Uh, fires, you might have time if it's coming out of the mountains and coming down. You may have a day or two. You know, the fires are coming your direction. Yeah. Uh, COVID, that was another thing that, you know, we learned from COVID, too. So we learned about paying the employees uh, if they have to take off, if it's not there. Um, if they're not taking off the day for their reason, it's because the company is telling them to take it off or to be safe with their family, then the company really should take care of them. Or at least that's the right thing to do. If you don't, it just forms a bad animosity. And then it, all the good culture building you do to build something up, you can lose it by making one poor decision. And that one decision could cost you a lot of money, but in the long run, it's, it's money well spent. It really is. It's, it's tough. I mean, I've been through it going from 10 employees to 15 to 20 and all the different cycles of building it up. And yeah, I learned a lot over that time. I made the wrong you know, decision at times. And, and I learned from that. Mm -hmm. I've still got scars from losing good employees because of a poor decision. Yeah. And it wasn't that it was an immoral decision or an irrational decision. Most of the time, I've got a caution on the air of what would I do if I were them? Now I understand their point of view. They have a family to take care of. You're asking them to stay home. They'd like to get paid. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's really tough. And there's no law saying that I have to pay anybody for that. It's a natural, you know, it's a natural disaster. But, you know, I don't want employees coming back the next day and just have a really bad attitude. I'd much rather say, what wall can we run through for you? <laughs> you know, you were there for us. What can we do for you? Yeah. You need me to stay late? Need me to finish the mm -hmm. job? I'd be more than happy to. Mm -hmm. Need me to work a Saturday? You paid me when I stayed home with my family. I'll work Saturday. I'll work Sunday. What do you need? That, that's the attitude that we try and build, a team attitude. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's it, right? Uh, when it all comes down, it's like how are you going to respond? I mean, anybody can say, oh, you know, this is what I would do, or this is what people should do. You know, this is how people should handle things. But when it actually happens, we see, you know, how people handle things, you know? And um, and that's something that, you know, you, you can't fake, you know? And really, Not all. I mean, once, when you have, um, having success, what's the point of it? I mean, what's the point of having success? What's the point of, you know, accumulating wealth? Isn't it to, to be a blessing to people when the opportunity comes? I mean, it's like, what good is it 
if uh, you know, you can just store it all up and hey, yeah, you know, I got mine. You no, know, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, but you know, when there's when there is something like this that happens, and you do have the ability to to help, I mean, uh, that's the reason you work in the first place, right? Because right. none of us, you know, we're not going to take it with us. So again, you know, thanks for, for setting such a good example. I am really proud to, to have you as a friend and, and really um, thankful for, for your willingness to show up, you know, here the way that you do and the way that you have for like, seems like it's been years now. Um, I haven't changed since, uh, since Donna and I started installing doors. We, we haven't changed and I'm never going to change. I don't want to change. Uh, you know, and Don Freeze is the same way. I go to the glass show. There's a guy that doesn't have to be there. He just loves interacting with glaciers. Mm -hmm. I do too. I think we're in the best industry in the world. I truly do. I, glaciers are a, a different breed. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, <laughs> it's kind of like my mission to help raise the bar. Because years ago, when most of the glaciers I knew, they were no different than painters, sheet rockers, you know, uh, bricklayers, they're grumps and just went into work and, you know, just didn't take it to that next level. And I'm seeing that level, you know, I, I'm watching other guys on this page, how they're growing their businesses and, and being professional. Mm -hmm. That that's really good. That's a good sign. We've got a yeah, that... industry. We've got a great industry. When our jobs are done, people look back and they go, wow, it's nice. You don't hear that all the time with a lot of the other industries. You just don't. I mean, the guy could be the best uh, stucco guy in the world and you just don't hear it. Uh, painters are painters. You know, they don't say, oh my God, you did such a great job painting my walls. You'll hear a comment there or there, but you put in a good shower door, a good glass railing, those people rave about it. I think it's just a phenomenal trade. I'm trying to, I, I work closely with high schools and try and get kids into the trades. Mm -hmm. and, and show them the glass industry, whether it's in the manufacturing end or the installation end. I think glass has got so much potential and, and we should do what we can to, to pass the trade on to other generations. You don't see many kids coming out of school going into the glazing industry, you don't. No. It's, it's family, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of you have, have younger kids and they're probably gonna grow up in a business or like a a Adrian, um, he's got a family business there and himself, his father, his brothers. That's what you see most of in the industry. That's truth. Yeah. You know, I realized on this business that most of the guys, the installers, they like perfectionists and they're very proud in what they do because they always like trying to take the problem like I do this way or I do that way. They're trying, they're always trying to do, no, my, my way is the best way. But I mean, they're very proud in what they do. Doesn't matter how they do, just get to the, to the best result, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, a lot of you guys are doing new construction, take a look at some of the contractors building the houses. That are, they don't have smiles on their faces. They just don't. Mm -hmm. Very few. I don't care if it's the guy that sets the cabinets, the countertops, the plumbers. They're just not happy, but the glass guys, they are for the most mm. part, at least, least the shower door glass guys, <laughs> maybe, maybe not the windows or the mirror guys, but the, the shower door guys are, 
Because when you're done, mm -hmm. there's a feeling of accomplishment and the people are happy. And the people mm -hmm. will give you references, which is even the best part. That's true. Hey, it's, Christine, it is, good yeah. to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't mean to suck up your time. You just uh, wanted me to talk about something. No, I didn't mean to this, suck up your time. Like, no, this is what's happening now, you know, I and mean, this is what's going on. I can't imagine talking about anything else. Yeah, everyone was involved last week uh, talking about and like, during the week too. People are co communicating through you guys. I mean, the, I got, the dogmas. I got hundreds of texts. Yeah, Max put it on the uh, on his blog on Sunday. Andrew and NGA reached out. Glacier Nation. Uh, I'm I'm guessing maybe fifty percent. No, not fifty percent because you've got twenty five hundred on your group. But on this group more than 50% have reached out. Wow. Uh, just either check on things or go on that LinkedIn, I mean, on the uh, GoFundMe page and, you know, whatever they could do. It, it was absolutely amazing. Blew me away. Nice. Blew me away. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that really uh, makes and it, kind of a silver Chris, lining in the dark cloud, right? Chris, that's a testament to you and the group that you put together and that, you know, we stick together as a brotherhood. I, I think it's, it's amazing. I mean, just to come here week after week. And I mean, we have other things we can do too, but if it's meaning making the industry better, making us more professional, uh, sharing tips to make life easier or so you can make more money, whatever it is, this group is amazing. It really is. Yeah, I think there's a lot of love here. I think there really is. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, the topic of the day is we, you know, we, um, we help each other, we uh, kid each other, you know, we um, support each other, you know, and, uh, and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's quite, quite a, an extended uh, family. Cause like you say, you know, I mean, most of us are like, I, you know, I'm son of a glazer, you know, mm -hmm. you know like a lot of us are that, you know, sons of glazers, <laughs> Or, you know, we've got kids now that are, that are, you know, yeah, you know, unfortunately, no, no, really though. And, uh, it, but it is, it is like family, you know, and uh, you get together. It's like, um, I was talking to somebody today, a customer. I mentioned the word glazer to my customer today and she had never heard it before. She didn't know what it was, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's just so funny. You know, every time that happens to me, it never stops surprising me. And uh, so, yeah, we're, you know, we're the little guys. We need to, you know, got to stick together. So, Bill, yeah. I was going to ask. I texted uh, you that link, Chris, just so you know. Yeah, I've got it right here. Okay. Thanks. So I'll, I'll make sure that this gets posted to the group, too. Who is talking there? Somebody. Yeah, Bill, um, I was oh. going to ask, the uh, aside from the... Uh, GoFundMe page. Um, what else can we do to help? Is there any, I, I don't know, I can't imagine that there is, but uh, I mean, we're scattered across the country. Uh, in fact, South Africa even, but uh, is there anything that, that we can do aside from that? Brian, thanks for asking. And, and a lot of people have asked that. And truly, I mean, Billy Brett offered to jump on a plane to come down to help. And I'm going, Billy, I, quite honestly, I've got guys and I, I can get from the work. Our biggest challenge, like right now, we've got gas. We've got that stuff. 
the GoFundMe is going to be the best way because I got to get them housing. So unless you've got like a, a really nice camper or something that you're not using and you want to give up for a year for somebody to stay in, which I think is impractical, uh, that's what I'm using the GoFundMe for. The ones that completely lost their house will go to a consignment store and get them furniture, get them a TV, stuff like that. And I think instead of trying to ship something like that down, it's easier to make a donation and we'll go out and buy it locally. Uh, uh, and they don't have to be brand new things. Like I said, we can go to a consignment store, but I got to get them the necessities of life. And then uh, like, like this girl Libby in the office there, she's got a four-year-old daughter. They lost all their clothes. Anything that was in refrigerator, food's gone, refrigerator's gone, everything's gone. So I'm trying to get her back to some kind of normalcy. Mm. Uh, the other fellow that was in his attic, uh, yeah, he lost his house, but his father lives about 10 miles away. He can live with his parents. They have a spare room. So I know he's, he's taken care of. I'm going to help mm. him with the deductible on his car, um, whatever else he might need, but he's not in the same shape as the, the poor girl that lost everything. You know, mm -hmm. Like I said, she's got a four-year-old girl to take care of, two dogs that, you know, one from her fiance and hers, and a lot of places won't rent to somebody with dogs. Mm -hmm. So we've got our other challenges that we're dealing with. So it's not like I can say, hey, Brian, you can send me uh, uh, 15 containers of five gallons of gas. Right. It's just not practical. And you're not going to send food down or even clothing. So I thank you for the offer, but that's about it. You know, we've got the chainsaws. We've got those uh, air mattresses and stuff like that. Uh, even the toiletries, you know, all the local dentists are giving out toothpaste and, and brushes. And uh, most of the stores are giving pretty good discounts on mouthwash and bottled water. Uh, they're giving them away at a lot of the churches. Mm. Uh, military came down with those meals ready to eat MREs. So we've mm. got packs, packs of those. So the biggest thing is really financially so we can get them into housing. That's, that's the biggest, that and their car. Mm. FEMA's here. It's a process to get any kind of money out of FEMA. Yeah. Or how about uh, trailers? The FEMA trailers. Um, that's a possibility. You've got to get on a list for that. I know after the last couple of hurricanes, they have they had a whole city made of FEMA trailers. Yeah. And uh, usually they're going to go right where those all washed out up near the beach and get them set up there. Yeah. yeah. But if I can get her settled into an apartment um, somewhere, I mean, that, that's going to be best case scenario. Yeah, and really, like, what you're doing is, like, the ideal thing. I mean, it's, like, to have an individual who um, knows the community, is rooted in the community, to be able to head up something and just take a you know, hands-on approach, like you're saying, just to make sure that whatever is donated is really going to help people directly, that, you know, no, like, percentage of it has to be used for administrative fees or whatever, Right. Because um, you're personally involved in it. I mean, that's how every situation like this should be handled. I mean, it, you couldn't pick a better way to do it. I mean, it's great that there are these, you know, nonprofits and stuff, I suppose, <laughs> you know. But I mean, really, it's like um, people don't want to get their hands dirty, you know, just getting personally involved, you know, the way that you're, you're doing. 
but it's the best way to solve a problem because you can get up close and personal with people and yeah and see where the needs really are and um and make those those you know executive decisions you know and especially someone who has a lot of experience doing that you know of making decisions every day um you know on, on how things need to go get things done quickly and efficiently and so that's awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm just really, um, I think that your community is really fortunate to have you in the first place, of course, you know, but, but especially being willing to step up. Well, it's a great community. Place. And, you know, that's what people need to do. I, mean, I yeah, had a guy try I and agree. cut in front, had a guy at the gas line, try and cut in front of me in the gas line. You know what? Go ahead. I still get, you know, I can push my car there if it runs out. Go ahead. If it, I'm not going to argue over it. You know, it's just, you got to work together. Mm-hmm. You got to. Is, but, is fuel pretty scarce right now? I would think that some tanks got contaminated and all kinds yeah, of. It was the first two or three days, but it's been a week now. And yeah, there's like no lines anymore for gas. It's, it's mm-hmm. not bad. Costco's are open extended hours. Uh, they have a very organized line to get there. It's been pretty good. The regular I mean, Starbucks still hasn't opened, which blows me away, but all the major stores are open. People are back to work in most places, uh, except the ones that were really hit hard uh, because the store may not even be there or there's no traffic allowed in that area. But as you come inland, yeah, it's almost like as usual. But the first two or three days, Brad, my God, they were fighting over getting gas. Uh, They had to ration out how many cans you could fill up because they wanted to keep the lines moving for people that need did need the gas so you could fill up your car and up to two tanks uh of portable uh, five gallon ones but yeah that's not a problem anymore military's done a great job coming in as well as the national guard and local police departments and fire and rescue from around the country and like i said the electric linemen have been amazing absolutely amazing those guys are working around the clock with very dangerous situations, dealing mm-hmm. with traffic, trying to go around them, clearing branches, and then high power lines. It, it's a rough job. That's a job I would never want. Never. Well, give, it's good to live in the U.S. Kudos to those guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, get, I get upset. I, Keith needed his 30-yard dumpster, and I knew that the truck was on the way, and I wanted to meet him there to show him where the house was. And this guy was on the right in the road and he couldn't go because nobody would get out of his car and let him know if he could clear to go underneath this high power line because the line was sagging. There was a tree on it. It was sagging. And I fortunately got out, stopped the thing. And, you know, the guy made it by three inches, but when you're sitting in that truck and you got a dumpster behind you, you don't know if you're going to clear. I I couldn't chance it. I could get electrocuted. Yeah. by, By all means. But yeah. the other people didn't care. They were just driving around him or tooting a horn at him. Nobody said, hey, maybe he needs some help. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just like out here in California. We had all these wildfires. And all of a sudden, you're seeing yards full of line trucks from yeah. east. Yeah. I mean, they just showed up. And it's amazing. The tree, and the tree service companies, they go and trim all the trees down there because it's pissed off. I mean, there are the hundreds and that, you know, it's crazy. Do what you got to do. You don't realize the value of it until something like this happens. Then you realize how valuable those guys' job is. Yeah. You know, if, if they if they make a mistake, it could be their life. 
especially those linemen, you know, cut a tree branch, falls on the thing, and all of a sudden they're electrocuted. You know, what's the worst part is if the lineman and you've got a generator in your house and you yeah. plug it into your, your house and the lineman gets up there on the pole, yep. you're re-energizing the transformer. It's coming from the other way, yeah. You can kill the guy, you know. Fortunately, they've got testers now because so many people have generators that... Well, yeah. I'm talking about that's a not homeowner that has a Honda generator. Yeah. And they plug it into their, their house and it sure. goes back out through the pole up to the transformer and it does just yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Without shutting your breaker off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, hey, I want before we close, Chris, I want to thank everybody again. I, I Thank you for having this page and, and a venue for me to be able to get the message out to help these people. And I'll keep you all informed as this goes. Thanks. Uh, it's a struggle, but I'll keep you all informed. Everybody that made a donation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks to you, Bill, again. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on, um, on the podcast and uh, what you want to do is go to GoFundMe and look up uh, Hurricane in My Shower Door Employee Relief Fund. Um, that's how you contribute on GoFundMe. I'll put the link in, uh, uh, I've already put it up on Facebook. I'll make sure it goes in the YouTube video as a link because I mean, this isn't gonna be over next week, right? right? Or, mm. or by the end of the month. I mean, this let is me, something that's gonna be going on. Let forever. me say one more thing, Chris, too, because I've never set up a GoFundMe page before. So this was new for us. Um, if you do decide to go on there, they have to make money. I mean, the guy developed the, creating the app. They get 2.9% of any donation. There's also a little thing in there. You've got to scroll the page down. They put themselves in a 15% tip, but there's a slide bar. You could just slide it over to zero. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost anything, but... I don't want anyone to get caught on anything sneaky. Uh, I got caught. I was the first one to donate to the page <laughs> and, and I didn't know about it, but my CFO, my CFO was pretty good. And he says, Hey, you got to do this. <laughs> so if, if anybody I didn't know that, does that. I, Hey, I didn't I know. I didn't know that. But I gave out 1%. Very careful. Scroll. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good tip. Good tip. Yeah. All right. So they're already, they're already getting their cut. You don't need to add anything more on to it. Hey, Bill, how about we just demo, demo you the money? You, you can do that. The thing is, I want to be so transparent <laughs> to everybody. And if you use the GoFundMe, I'll have a record of every single person so yeah. that I can keep you in the loop. Yeah. And I don't mind. If you want a Venmo, I can easily do that. My wife has a Venmo. Her name is Donna Dobman. Just look up Donna Dobman. She has mm -hmm. a Venmo account then she will transfer it. I'd set up a separate bank account just for this. So there's no co-mingling of funds. Yeah. I'll know every dollar coming in and every dollar going out. Cool. Uh, I want to be so transparent. I didn't want it mixed with company uh, monies at all. So yeah. somebody somewhere comes back and said, oh, you're siphoning money. No. Yeah, Bill. Every we, dollar we, is going yeah, out there. We right? know you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> Yeah. We know you. That's what I do. I cause that wind. I turn on these fans out there. And yeah. I cause this wind just to make the money. Um, no, I can't thank you guys enough. And, and 
every one of you, I will remember if ever a disaster hits you, it'll be reciprocated. <laughs> I hope a disaster <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It <laughs> Careful what you say. It's not if, it's when. I mean this seriously. I would, disasters are going to happen. Something's going yeah. to happen. It, it could be a family member gets cancer. Yeah. We'll give blood. We'll have everybody in our thing. We'll bring in the, the blood mobile. We'll give blood because it kind of, you know, you do what you got to do to help people. Right. That's right. right? Amen. So it doesn't Amen. have to be a hurricane. It could be a blizzard. It could be yeah. cancer. It could be a birth defect and you got a kid in ICU and need help. We're there to help. I'll be there to help. And, I, and based on what I saw from this group, we'll be there to help anybody in our in our Ran together. Yeah, 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 that's been proven. All right. Hey, thank, thanks so much, everyone, for sharing. This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.